Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Well, let's get into our, our word today. You know, I, I, I want to talk to you about love, okay? I know you've been talking about love throughout the month of February, and, 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 and I want to talk to you about love kind of in a, in a, in a, in a, in a point of evangelism, okay? So... Um, if you're a believer here today, you hear the word evangelism, and half of you says, yeah, I know you should do it, and the other half of you just feels guilty, right? <laughs> you know? And, and I, what I'd like to do today is say, it, it, it should be, evangelism just be as natural as breathing. Because it's not what we're trying to sell, it's, it's just who we are. And, and that's what the love of God is all about. We are so transformed that we're going to be a transforming agent, right? Isn't that our goal? Um, so let me, let me just start. When, um, a, a couple of weeks ago, I was riding, this is one of our city buses in Yokohama, and uh, uh, I was riding on the bus, you know, and it was very crowded, and kind of squeezed back to, to a spot where I could hold on the thing, and the bus is going like this, and, and in front of me is, is, the, is the seats for the old people, or handicapped people, or pregnant women. And there's an older gentleman sitting there, and he looks up at me, and he stands up, and he says... Dozo. <laughs> and I, I said, no, no, man. I, I, I said to him in, in Japanese, I said, I'm only 39 years old. He, he, said, oh. he laughed. He said, no, 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 dozo, 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 dozo. And I said, no, 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 dozo, dozo, dozo. And then you've ever talked to a Japanese person, and he said, no, 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 dozo, dozo, dozo. Yeah, 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 dozo, dozo, dozo. And so we're going back and forth, and then, you know, uh, I'll give you a culture lesson with a Japanese person. If they say dozo, dozo, dozo to you once, it don't do it. Because it, it, they're just being polite. If they say it twice, still don't do it. They're just being polite. But if they do it the third time, you better do it. Otherwise, you're going to dishonor them. And so, so I said, oh, okay. I said, so I, I took his chair. He says, I'm getting off at the next stop to make me feel better. I think he just got off to make me feel better. I don't know. Anyway, he got off the bus and and, and I'm, I'm sitting there, half of me is embarrassed that he thinks I'm old. <laughs> but the other half was, I felt really, I felt good. This guy, this guy did this unrequired act of kindness to this big, you know, foreign guy and gave me his seat. And it was just a simple act, but you know, all day long I walked around pretty happy that that somebody would be kind to me. How many of you like to have people be kind to you? How many husbands like a kind wife? Those hands went up too quick, brothers. I mean, we, we, we love kindness, especially given to us, Right? But the, the, one of the fruit of the Spirit, of course, is kindness. You know, it's the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the sweetness of God that led us to repentance. It wasn't God walking around with a slipper waiting for us like a cockroach to whack us that led us to him. It was his extravagant love that we sang about this morning. You ever notice that? Even when you do something horrible, something shameful, something bad, and if you thought anybody else in the world saw this, how bad it would be, of course you come to God and you're ashamed and you're embarrassed, and what does he say? You stupid kid. 
He never says that, does he? He says, I've been waiting for you. Of course I forgive you. Get up and don't do it again. That's what Jesus said, right, to the woman. Go, sin no more. I don't condemn you. I didn't come to condemn you. I came to save you. And our verse has been in the last few weeks that we've been, I'm pushing the button too many times here. Therefore, be imitators of God and beloved children. Read that first verse with me. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that today we would be imitators of God. We thank you today that you've come into our hearts and you've saved us, you've washed away our sins, you've made us a new creation. And Lord, we would come and we would look at your back, which means we would follow you and we would live our life the way you lived your life. We would love because you first loved us. Now help us today to be transformed in Jesus' name, amen. You know, my desire every time I speak is, is to see lives changed. I preach in hope. All preachers do that. We're not entertainers. If you want entertainment, go down to Tumon, okay? You know, we, we of course, understand that I need to touch your emotions because that's how Jesus taught. He touched people's emotions because unless the emotion is moved, people aren't going to be changed. I need to touch your intellect because we are that type of a being. We need to learn. that We need to understand. Knowledge is our friend, right? The more I know the truth, the truth is going to set me free. But as a, as a spiritual father coming to you today, you know, um, I'm, I'm not just your guest speaker. I, I, you know, we're family, okay? So I take my, my liberty, forgive me, as I come in here, as a father. I, I look at you and I, so I'm going to come here as a father who loves you very much, but I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge your will because that's where life is going to change. When your will matches, meets God's will, right, at the cross, right? And, and, and the whole thing is when we hear the word and we repent and we say, okay, I'm going to walk out of this place and by the grace of God, I'm going to be different this day. Amen? So, so would you do me a favor? Just open your heart and say, Lord, teach me from your word and change me. We're not just here to endure so we can go out for the buffet lunch later, okay? Now, a young man came to Christ one day and he comes to Jesus and uh, I, I can just see him. This is from Luke chapter 10, and he's, he's a lawyer, it says. He's a scholar of the law. And he, he, he's going to test Jesus. He's trying to trick him a little bit. He says, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Now, when people ask you questions, usually there's... There's reasons for the questions, right? Moms and dads know that. Teachers know that. Pastors know that. What's behind that question? And how does Jesus answer that question? Probably like your mother would. He doesn't answer it. (laughs) He says, what do you think is the right answer? Isn't that a good answer? What do you think is the greatest commandment? So you can just see this, this scholar, of course, he 
puts his head back, and he says, you know, the famous verse. He says, you shall love. Let's read it together. We all know the great commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is good here. He says, right answer. Right answer. And the guy says, well, I still haven't tricked him. So he, he asks Jesus this next question. He says to Jesus, okay, then, who is, I'm pushing button too many times, who is my neighbor? That's the question. Who is my neighbor? Now, now we, sometimes we read through our, our parables and read through these stories, speed reading. We need to just stop a minute, chew a little bit. Why is this guy asking, who is my neighbor? Because if your neighbor is in a limited sphere of people, it's easy to love your neighbor. Look at the person next to you. See, they're your neighbor because they're sitting next to you, okay? And, and I hope you love that person. If you don't, let's stop right now and uh, <laughs> confess our faults when husbands and wives especially, okay? This is when brothers are glad they're not sitting next to you because if I had to tell my brother, I don't know, no, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, th- th- so this guy is kind of, he's throwing the thing at Jesus. Well, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus tells the most famous parable, or one of the most famous parables, the parable of the, the Good Samaritan, right? And, and when you study your parables, be careful not to interpret them too deeply sometimes. Because Jesus takes this story now, and he's going to tell this story to this man and to all the people who's around there listening to him. And he's telling a parable because, you know, the purpose of the parable is to take a very common occurrence and that's something everybody around there would understand. And at the end of the parable, to take his fist and go boom into the guy's stomach. I mean, his spiritual fist. And so that the guy go, ooh, and never forget what it's all about. So that's how Jesus taught. So let's remember the parable. You remember the parable in the, in the 10th gospel there, uh, or 10th chapter of the gospel of Luke? It says there was a, a road... That went from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Some of you may have been on that area, part of the world. And, and so all the Jews who were listening to this story, they automatically knew that's a scary road. You never go down that road at night. You never go down that road alone because there's robbers there. And so, so when he says, so there was a certain Jew and he was walking down that road. And when he walked down the road, what happened is he was accosted by thieves and robbers. And it was a gang. And these guys took him, and with their clubs, they beat him, and they stole everything that he had. And the Bible says very clear, they left him half dead. Which means he was still half alive, okay? So he's not all dead, he's half dead. All right, so, 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 you, so Jesus painting the picture. And it's all in their mind, yeah, 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 okay. This, and, and, the, and the lawyer's saying, okay, the other guy's laying there. And then he, he, he tells the story. And then there was this priest. The priest is coming from Jerusalem, going down to Jericho. Now you have to understand, what was in Jerusalem was the the temple, right? So he's been working, you know, that's the pastor. Okay, we'll say it's pastor, uh, I don't want to be the bad guy, it was pastor Mark, okay? (laughs) No, no, it'll be me, okay. Okay, and so, I mean, it's a priest, 
In everybody's mind, you had a priest. He's supposed to be the good guy. And what does the Bible say? And the priest is walking down the road. And this guy, of course, laying in the middle of the road. And he, it says very clearly, he sees the guy. He didn't, didn't not see him. He saw the guy. And he walks to the other side of the road. And he walks on by. So what's the emotion? The emotion's hitting these people, right? Hitting the lawyer. What, 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 what are they all saying? What a bad guy. Let's say it together, right? What a bad guy. I mean, that's the emotion that's supposed to come up. The good guy, the priest, Pastor Mark, <laughs> is supposed to stop. But he's been up in Jerusalem sacrificing sheep all day. He's tired. He's going down there, Jericho, get him some figs and sleep for a little while, you know. So the second guy comes. This time it's the, the, the Levite. Whoops, I'm pushing too many buttons here. Junk, okay. It's the Levite. And the Levite, of course, also he works in the temple. And he's considered like the church staff, okay? So it's your worship team, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Worship team is all walking down the road, you know. Let's go down from Zion, you know, and they're, they're singing their song, and, and, and they're tired too, man. They've been doing this worship stuff. They've been working hard, and, and this, this, this Levite is on his way down. Same thing. Sees a guy, walks across the street, and keeps on his way. And the emotion is, what a bad guy, Right? So everybody's waiting because they, 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 you know, storytelling uh, 101, right? When you study in your classes, storytelling 101, you kind of give two uh, examples of one way. And then the third one is the punchline, right? Jesus knew how to tell a good joke and tell a good story. So the third one's the punchline. And so they're all expecting, the lawyer's expecting, okay, who's going to be the hero? Because they know somebody's going to help this guy, right? And so then Jesus comes and he, he throws out the real curveball. The curveball is this. And then a certain Samaritan came by. And you could, everybody kind of goes, <gasps> say that with me. <gasps> because <clears throat> to them, you know, now when I say Samaritan, most of us have a good image of Samaritan, right? Because there's the Good Samaritan Hospital, there's Samaritan's Purse, there is the Samaritan Schools, there's Samaritan... Oh, he's a good Samaritan, right? Why, did, why do we have that good phrase? Because of this guy. But prior to this guy, there was no such thing as a good Samaritan. Jews hated Samaritans. Jews hated Romans. Jews hated Greeks. Jews basically hated everybody who wasn't a Jew. But when it came to Samaritans... They really hated them. Because in their minds, Samaritans were wannabe Jews. They were Jews. Their religion was very similar. They did a lot of the same kind of stuff. They pretended, you know, to the Jewish mind, they pretended like they were Jews. So for our mind, and this is not to put down any other kind of group, but for for a normal evangelical Christian community, it'd be like saying, and a certain Mormon walked by. Or a certain Jehovah Witness walk by. Right? And we were, you know, they're not supposed to be the good guy. Why didn't they say, and a certain every nation member walked by? 
Yeah, right? It, Jesus did that on purpose because why? He's, he's, he's going to whack this guy in his stomach because he knows the intention of this guy. He's trying to get this spiritual pride. I don't have to touch everybody who's my neighbor. And so Jesus says to him, this certain Samaritan walks by. And he, he walks by and the Samaritan... He, he, he goes and he takes the wine off of his donkey. He takes the oil off of his donkey. He rips his own clothes to make bandages for the guy. He puts the guy on the donkey. You remember the story? And he carries him over to the, the, the innkeeper. And he takes the innkeeper and gives him a certain amount of money. And you can read the book. Some books say it's two weeks worth of housing. Some say it even two months. It's, it's a lot of money. And he put him up into the, the hotel for two weeks or maybe two months. And he said, I'll come back. And whatever more money that it cost, I'll pay you then. Wow. And so, and, and it wasn't just he stopped and helped him. He just didn't stop and call 911. You know, he went out of his way. He helped this guy. He used a lot of his own finance, his own money, his own energy. And he did something for this guy. But why did the guy do it? Because the Samaritan was, and Jesus is very clear. So the Samaritan walked by. He saw the guy. But then the Samaritan did something that the other two didn't do. He stopped. Say that word with me. Stopped. That's evangelism. In, in your path, there's going to be all kinds of hurting people. And we're all busy. We're all priests. We're all Levites. We're all busy. But if you would just stop, that's where our miracle starts to happen. Why? Because the love of God is in every one of you. And it says he stopped and he had compassion on this guy. And if, I'm telling you this whole long spiel here. Because my whole thing is if, if, if you could just say, God, let me stop more. Let me stop. And maybe a miracle might happen through me. That's, that's evangelism, right? That's what the love of God is all about. We're, we're called to be this good Samaritan, to, to care and to love and to be a blessing to other people. Now, you've been studying through the book of Ephesians, I believe, haven't you? And in the book of Ephesians, it talks about love a lot. And especially, it talks here in the, in the second chapter. Let's, let me just read it to you. It says, with God being rich in mercy, just say that with me, rich in mercy, because of the great love, say great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Amen. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the, say that word with me, immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I was the man laying on the road. Can you say that? I was the man laying on the road. That's the other side of that parable. You were laying on that road, half dead. All of us had different circumstances. All of us had different situations. But if you're a believer today, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was a worthless, nothing person without Jesus in my life. I was broken. 
I was on my way to destruction. And some of you were maybe literally laying in the road. And Jesus didn't walk by. Jesus stopped, took out the wine, took out the oil. And he paid a bigger price than two denarii. He prayed with it, paid with his own life. And that through the cross of Jesus Christ, through his blood, I became a new creation. Say amen. amen. And when we remember that, that's, why, that's one of the big reasons we come to church on Sundays, I think, yeah? Is when we're worshiping God. I am a friend of God. Are you just singing that? But when I sing it, it hits me. Wow, I am a friend of God. I mean, your voice should go like that. I'm a friend of God. He calls me friend. Our, our sister read the, the scripture there, that, that he, he, he took me, he formed me, he created me. It says there that he knitted me together in my mother's womb. In fact, here, it goes on to here, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his what? Workmanship. We're his workmanship. God took you in your most broken, battered state, even to me, this age of my life, and he's still working on me. Why? And this is where Christians don't read the end of the verse enough. Why? Because we were created in Christ Jesus for... Say it again. I was blessed. I, you know, I, 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 did you plan to have this team up here to share this before my message just to make it sound cooler? No? <laughs> you think the Lord knows what he's talking to, church? And I love what he said, church is not here. Church is 1230 when we walk out the door. We're to be the hand of Jesus. We're to be the incarnate work of Christ outside. And so we've been created for these good works. I love these words. It it says there, um, I know I'm doing something wrong. There it goes. It says, we are his workmanship. Just say that word together with me. Created to do good works. Created to do good works. Well, um, let me tell you a couple stories, and then we'll pray. My, uh, my daughter was uh, on, on, Christmas, on, on New Year's morning, okay? In Japan, New Year's morning is the, the biggest holiday of the year. It's, it's, it'd be like your Christmas morning here in America. And so we have a, a service on New Year's morning. And uh, New Year's Eve, probably similar here, it's party time. And our church is right downtown Yokohama. And, you know, millions of people. And then three blocks from where our facility is is like one of the biggest red light districts of the, of the, of the city. And just goes on for blocks and blocks and bars and girly houses and all this stuff. And so, so we, you know, we went in early. And it's about 7 o'clock. My daughter, Sarah, went into the convenience store to get something for the service, which was gonna, we were setting up. And uh, the, the, the guy working there, you could just, his face was wiped out and tired and and she says to the guy very simply she says thank you for working on new year's morning you know it must have been a hard night last night yeah you know but thank you somebody got to do this job and you're doing it thank you and the guy looked at her and he began to cry because it had been a hard night (laughs) and that somebody had stopped and just said thank you for help for, for for doing your work I mean, it, when she told me that story, it says, isn't that so many people 
just feel like they're part of the furniture or they're just, you know, they, they don't even feel like they're a human. And we don't treat them like humans. But just a simple little word to that person probably turned around their whole day. I want God to use me like that. Let me not ignore people. Let me stop. Let me see. Let me have compassion. Because sometimes those little acts of compassion open up huge doors. I was reminded of this just last night. I've been enjoying my my stay here for these last few days. Our brother Blake has allowed me to have a nice convertible car, okay? And I've been driving around like James Bond. And uh, you can see I got a suntan because... I mean, it's not suntan, it's sunburn, because the, 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 the sun hit me pretty hard. But I've been driving, so, so last night, you know, had several meetings, we were all done, and, and I just took a, I was going to, I go, before I go back, I, I just want to drive around and go some, so I, I drove up, uh, what's that, Barragata Heights, way up above there. And uh, I'm driving up, just driving up there, and I, and I drove by the, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a Presbyterian Korean church up there, Pacific Presbyterian Church, right? And... Uh, I stopped there, and all of a sudden, all these memories came flooding back to me. And I don't want to get too emotional about this. Because my, my mother is a good Samaritan. She, my, my father and mother were missionaries here in Guam. That's why I lived here. And uh, my, my dear friend Marilyn Vanderweide is back here. And we grew up, I grew up with her, and we were part of a Faith Presbyterian Reformed Church. And my father was a missionary in that church. And so I remember one Sunday afternoon, I would, this would have been 1970, 71, somewhere around there, there was enormous amounts of, of Korean laborers working here. They're all separated from their family. And if you go back and read the reports, of it, they were pretty abused. It was a pretty bad situation for them. And, uh, but on a Sunday afternoon, my, my mom and dad were walking down by Boat Basin or Paseo or something there, and they're walking along, and there was this Korean boy sitting there, not boy, but a young man. And he looked as lonely as lonely could be. And my mother started to talk to him. And, and of course, she can't speak Korean. The guy couldn't speak any English. And my mother, <laughs> this is funny about my mother, whenever she talked to a foreigner, she just talked loud. She thought talking loud <laughs> made them understand her. Hi! Made her lips more. Can you understand me? You know, and, and and so we're all at home, me and my brother, and and it's Sunday afternoon, and she comes home with this Korean guy. She brings him up the stairs, and his name was Mr. Shim. Shim. She cooks him some food and gives him some food, and he's just eating and smiling, and and she's talking, and I can't understand a word. And he, he goes back to the, the camp. It was over in uh, Minilau or something over there. And the next night, he comes back with his friend, who's Mr. Kim. It's easy because there's like only four names you have to remember, okay? <laughs> so this is Mr. Kim. And Mr. Kim was a Christian. And he could speak little English. He said, I'm Christian, you know, and, and so then, oh, we're, fa- and so, so then feed him again, and then the next several days, Mr. Shim, Mr. Shin, Mr. Kim, Mr. Jong, you know, they, Cho, they're all coming, and my mother's feeding them, feeding them little by little, 
And then they start, Marilyn would remember this, they start coming to church on Sunday morning. And, and, and it isn't long that the church, there's, there's 10, 15 Korean guys coming. And then, so the, the mission was very proactive and, and, and they, they, they called a pastor from, uh, who was a missionary in, he was a Korean missionary in Osaka in Japan, and he moved here to, to and, and so we would have the, the Korean service first, and then, or I don't know which was first, but, and then the English service. And so in, in Istaganya, when the church was over there, that this Korean church started. And it grew and grew and grew and grew and grew, and it, they built that church up there. And, and so when I was up there last night, I was thinking of my mama, being a good Samaritan, and it, it very much ties in what we're talking about. You never know a little act of love, a little act of kindness can change a whole island, change a whole culture, change something. Don't you want to do that? See, that's evangelism. Of course you need to know what to say. You need to know how to give your testimony. You need to do the God test or four spirit or whatever works good with somebody. You got to be able to, you know, you need to preach the gospel. You need to be able to speak the words. But what opens the door is our love and our kindness, especially to your not yet Christian relatives. Preaching isn't going to change nothing for them. Loving them, being kind to them, even your saved husband needs to, you need to be kind to him too. Amen. <laughs> and husband, be kind to that wife. Amen. Brothers, stop hitting each other and love each other. Amen. You, you catch what I'm saying? So the guy says to Jesus after that, or Jesus, now Jesus asks the question, and I'll end, end with the question. What was his question? So, guy, yeah, you know, it doesn't say that. Which one of these was the good neighbor? And the Jewish guy couldn't even say Samaritan. All he could say is, well, the one who helped. He couldn't even say the good Samaritan. If he'd have said it, he could have put a patent on that word and had owned everything, the good Samaritan patent. But he didn't say it, okay? He just said the guy who helped. And then what did Jesus say to him? Go and do the same thing. Boom! Can you feel it? I, I, I preached this twice today. <clears throat> I'm still feeling it. Go and do the same thing. Let's not make Christianity so complicated. God loves me. Therefore, I can love others. See, see if, we, if we turn it around, you're just going to get tired and burned out. I've got to love people. I've got to be kind. I've got to be kind. got to be kind. All you'll get is ulcers, Okay. <laughs> But when you sit back and read what our brother Paul says here, how immeasurable, how great, how awesome is his love towards me. I was that guy on the Jericho Road, and now I get to be like Jesus and pour out the wine and the oil. That's evangelism right there. Preach the gospel. Like Brother Assisi said, you know the words, right? He said, preach the gospel at all times. And when necessary, use words. But I would like to say, and use words. Not just when necessary. You need to use the words too. Amen? Would you stand with me? Let me pray for you.
We are created to do good works. Say that with me. We are created to do good works. That's your purpose. We sing Jesus is the answer. Right? Can I, can I, without sounding too sacrilegious, you are the answer. Because you're Jesus to them. You're Jesus to them. Lift up your hands. Father, I pray for all of us, especially those here today who are hurting, those who may not know you, but they, they feel like that half-dead guy laying on the rope. I thank you that you're stopping and you're looking and you're getting compassion and you're putting your arms around them and you're doing a miracle in their lives. You're healing them, putting them on the donkey, and you brought them to this inn, this church. You've placed them here so they could be healed and they could be restored. But God, it's our desire to grow up. It's our desire to let your workmanship be fulfilled in our lives so that we can do the good works of Jesus Christ. Lord, of course we want the gospel to come to our island. And Lord, we ask you to use us. But let us be your agent of good. Let us be your instrument that would bring light and life and love. As much as humanistic working tries to make programs and governments try to do good things, the only thing that's going to change this island and change Micronesia, change Asia, is each one of us loving one person at a time, loving one family at a time. God, take this church, take each small group, take each one of us as an individual and say, here I am, Lord, use me. I am your workmanship. Use me for your kingdom. Use me for your glory. Let me love my neighbor. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.